internet and everybody, welcome to episode one of a new podcast, Drop the Needle in the Haystack, where we take a look using the amazing Forgetify web app at songs on Spotify, tracks on Spotify that have until this point not been listened to. So it's a lot of old music, it's a lot of music that has been put out there by independent creators, music that has probably been listened to in some other form, but until this point not on Spotify, and we're going to take a positive kind of analytical approach to all these, taking them seriously, taking them for what they are as best we can. It's a celebration of making music big and small. I'm your host, Robbie. I have two other hosts. I'll pass it over to Eric now. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Eric Black, and I'm going to pass it off to Matt. And I am the last one. I'm Matt Pellegrino, and I'm so excited to be listening to this very fun music with these three fantastic musicians. That, that's us. We're the fantastic musicians. I'm included. <laughs> Alrighty, why don't we uh, hop right into it. So this first pick is going to be from Robbie. So I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce it. Right. So our first track for the day is from the artist Oh That Patrick. Oh, comma, That Patrick. It's uh, the album Never Gonna Have a Real Career and the title track from that album. Let's give that a listen, Matt. Your first mistake was giving me a guitar And your second one was letting me perform in bars But your most egregious error was lending me your ears Now I'm never gonna have a real career My parents must have thought I'd get creative I really like this song I think we all kind of had a positive reaction to this, which is why we wanted to start with something that we liked. Very Benful is a big influence that he cites and that I hear a lot, especially later when he gets more keyboard-driven. But such a catchy melody, and I think as musicians, we can all kind of empathize with the, the subject of not having a real job. It's something that you like a lot. You love writing songs about that. Absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, this is great, great song. Totally unexpected, um, especially from the Forgetify web app. That thing is uh, leaves a lot to be desired, and it that does. it really can throw literally anything at you, from opera to um, fans from other countries, different languages, any genre, you know. But absolutely fantastic here. I really like Robbie. I really like the subject matter. And it uh, speaks to something deep inside me. Uh, and his voice is just great. You know, he's playing all the instruments here, which is really interesting. And you can kind of hear that in the mix that uh, it's not super tight, but it's, it's tight enough that it doesn't detract from what he's trying to do. Uh, Matt, you got any, any thoughts you want to throw in here? Well, I just absolutely love it. I mean, yeah, we kind of talked about the uh, the very meta thing about writing a song here that's called Never Gonna Have a Real Career. And then ironically, it ends up on the Forgetify web app. It's it's almost like uh, self-prophetic in, in a way. There's there's like some nice poetic irony to it. But I, I love the, yeah, pointing out about Ben Folds. Like that, that should have been very immediately obvious to me, but like that's super evident. And that does sound like, you know, um, 
he's playing all the instruments. This is like a very hands-on production for this guy, I would imagine, right? He's, he's probably very in charge of all the musical aspects of this. And I mean, I could just get really carried away with like talking about some of the real subtle things going on here. But, you know, Robbie, I think you've listened to this a bit more than me. What were some of your initial like thoughts, thoughts on this in a little more detail? Well, uh, I had listened to a few of his tracks, and I think this one is, is my favorite. But what really, I think, appeals to me, especially about that, and a lot of what makes me compare it, especially to Ben Folds, other than just the, you know, the vocal quality, uh, the chord progression there, right? It's, it's, it's got a lot of chords. Not so, it's not the kind of writing you hear out of uh, maybe a lot of pop groups sometimes, but uh, in this song... Lots of interesting movement. It goes to some kind of strange and unexpected key areas. And it's very, uh, uh, well, in scale, sort of operatic. It, it kind of has that quality that some of the Beatles albums have, where they, you know, they take these eclectic mix of instruments and they have these big grand gestures and almost like um, sort of musical scenes or musical episodes. And it strings it along into this very, very narrative sort of, uh, you know, narrative song here, right? It's all talking about the different things that have sort of led him to this sorry state of being an indie musician. Uh, and I think you can hear a lot of that in the, you know, the instrumentation there in the arrangement. Absolutely. Uh, just piggybacking off you real quick. He says in his influences that, yeah, like you said, Ben Folds, the Beatles, he cites that right up there. In fact, he says is... Uh, his whole band is one man in his bedroom playing all the instruments and channeling the Beatles through a postmodern prism. So he definitely sees himself that way. I think, you know, he's channeling it pretty well. Um, he also says early Weezer and smashing, smashing pumpkins. So I can hear a little bit of that in there too. Uh, he's definitely got a good sense of humor. I like what you pointed out, Matt, that yeah, there's some irony here. Uh, and he, I did see that he's performed as recently as 2019. So he is still around, but I'd like to know what he's doing now, like full time. It, it doesn't seem like he's around as much as he was. I, I believe he said he'd been in a band before starting Oh That Patrick as like a solo project. Um, but this, I don't think has been a focus for him for quite a long time. I think I could see him being like kind of a, a local, like a, a, not even like on a small scale, like a local kind of icon, right? Like mm. even the name would suggest that a little bit. There's like a touch of humor to that name. Oh, that Patrick. Like, you know, as, or like, as, oh, that Patrick. Yeah. You know, like as, as, as Matt's and Eric's, we can understand the, if that's the way the inflection is supposed to be right, like, oh, that Patrick, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty good. And um, I also just thought of, you know, he placed this at the end of that album, right? Like this song goes at the yep. last track, like right. 11th or 12th track at the album. Maybe, maybe that's why it, it's on Forgetify, but that was a strategic move. Again, like very meta to have never going to have a real career ending this, this album. But um, yeah, I really like Robbie that you pointed out this chord progressions. I mean, I think you saw my eyebrows go up on like the third note in the melody. Mm when he 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 kind of hits that secondary dominant i think right. like it's there's a lot of that because i i love talking about chords and pop songs i think it's like so fascinating 
there's something like very almost you said operatic i kind of think a little more like show tuney about mm-hmm. it and even even in nature like sure. the way he's singing and the 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 hook that he puts at the end of that that little chorus that never gonna have a real career very it's catchy got that, i love that there's like yeah. a counterpoint going on there while yeah. where the top notes descend but there's that anchor note at the bottom mm. that's like some it's almost like a little yeah a little show tuney to me i don't know that that's true i, I do that. and especially the the subject matter you could see that this is like a character in a show too this is their big this is their number right they're telling you their whole deal it would fit right in kind of in that in that mold i think that's a good observation absolutely and not quite ben folds but a similar guy who was like i think um we all might know do you guys remember the guy who did the, the portal songs the... oh jonathan colton jonathan colton yeah there we go a little similar to that right I could I could see that definitely uh, especially kind of that ironic sense of humor I think is very much cut from the same cloth as, as Jonathan Colton. Yeah, this song was certainly a triumph. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you get it. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. That was yeah. Eric Eric knows yeah. his video game humor. Eric does yeah. jokes sometimes. You guys, you're gonna listen to yeah. this podcast and think that guy Eric he never does any jokes. But he does. I, never, I got him occasionally. I've never even seen him smile. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we want to move on to song number two? Anyone got anything else to say? Wrap up? Uh, no, I just really love it. I hope that, oh, that Patrick is still like, you know, doing great things. And uh, yeah. yeah. If yeah, you hear this, that Patrick, uh, reach out. We'll love to have you on the show. I haven't told my co-host about this, but I'm instituting this policy. If you want to come on, <laughs> Well, you can come on. I'm down for that. Absolutely. We are big fans off of just one listen. I I think I was a fan. Seriously. I was a fan by like the 10th second of the song. So. Yeah. But But, yeah. And then um, let's take a look at my song then. Um, So my selection was uh, Make Each Moment by um, the artist Craig Donaldson. So a little background from we we just did like some some digging about Mr. Craig Donaldson. It seems he's had quite a storied career as like an industry musician. Um, I think he was more on the production side of things, and this seems to be a later kind of move to solo singer songwriting kind of stuff. And um, I'll just drop this around like the two minute mark, and uh, we can just listen for a little bit, and uh, I'll provide some some my little thoughts. So here's two minutes. But there's this time for the taking. You and I together, we can make it last forever. Make it always bright and new. Today's the only thing we need to do. So I saw it. I saw you. You you felt it with me there too, Robbie. Right. Just when that little drum riff that dun, 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 brings you into the chorus, it's that like iconic sound that we kind of get from. This is a softer power ballad, right? I would, I would right. Kind Absolutely. Of say. Yeah. It still falls into that kind of umbrella of the power ballad, but I think um, it was listed as like easy listening as like a genre. Right. So for me, I just, I love power ballads. Power ballads have like a real special place in my heart. 
And you know, we we all remember the the golden age of, of, of like you know Celine Dion and Whitney Houston, and this just like it oozes of nostalgia. You can tell this guy he was he was writing this this kind of stuff for probably a long time. I mean, he seems very comfortable in this genre. It's not even like there's cliches. It's more like um, he's checking off like you need to have this to be a power ballad, right? Like, we kind of sneer at the, the drum riff and, like, the, you know, the soulful guitar solo in the middle, but it's like, well, that's that's what we know as being a power ballad. And even just hanging on that that suspended fourth, um, like, uh, five chord, you, you know that? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Robbie? Yeah, no, certainly, I, I, I think at a certain point, rather than being cliche, it becomes, like, a convention of the genre, right? It's like, if you don't have these things, it's not really going to fit in... Yeah, like you said, it's not a power ballad then. And I think I, I mentioned earlier when we were doing our first listening, this and a lot of great power ballads, it's like you're waiting the whole time for the name of the title, right? And you can hear it coming like at, at the beginning of our selection. Just everything is like, I know at the end of the sentence, he's going to talk about making each moment. That's the answer to all these questions he's asking. And that's, I think, what makes a good power ballad. And that is what this has, definitely. Yeah, I gotta be honest, guys. I uh, I don't listen to a lot of power ballads. This is uh, <laughs> this isn't my genre, so I really don't have a lot to add here. Um, the guy. What else is I, new, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> a classic joke. Um, okay, so yeah, I don't have a lot to add here, but Matt, I agree with you. He seems incredibly comfortable in this and in his range in particular. You know, he's got a nice voice. It is on the softer side. Um, I didn't listen to any other part of this album. Is it all kind of like this? Do we know? Uh, I think I think it's an easy listening kind of power ballady album overall. Can we okay. listen real quick just to the to the introduction right at the very sure. beginning for a few seconds? I'll, I'll let that go for a sec. See, here's what is another kind of hallmark as a power ballad for me, is that that keyboard sound. The electric keyboard sound with like the, it's a the very, bell synth kind of? Yeah, it's a very specific kind of electric Yesterday. keyboard, very chiming. It's always like if you get a keyboard that's got a bunch of patches under the keyboard patch, that one's way at the end there. It's in the last third of all the keyboard patches that come pre-installed. But you hear it all the time. Oftentimes in those like fourths or fifths, bum, bum. it's mm, like a bell yeah. kind of effect. But that, I like yeah. it. that tenor range ascending um, arpeggios going into a little, a little lightly syncopated rhythm. Honestly, just the sound of that keyboard evokes the entire era. Right. But certainly. when I first heard that progression, I was like brought into. Um, the Dire Docks theme from Mario 64. <laughs> that You know what? I think so too. I think it's the same kind of chord there. It was the major seventh chord. And I think even in the Dire Docks theme, it's that same or at least a very similar keyboard sound. But um, I think Mr. Donaldson here, he was probably, you know, writing a lot of these. Like it, it, the experience really shows. And when I think about power ballads, you know, it's not really the songs that stick with us. It was really the, the singers made careers off of power ballads, right? Mm. 
like Whitney Houston was known for being an incredible like power ballad singer and so is Celine Dion so the success of the song really didn't correspond too much with the person so maybe that's what we're seeing here with this what the uh, forgetify has has thrown us from the abyss you know Right. Well, and it's kind of related to what you said about they they've got all these facets that, you know, we associate with the, the power ballad. Right. So that it almost does come down to specifically the singer. And of course, you know, their voice is going to be a big part of it. But it's like the, it's always a vehicle for for the artist. Right. The song is almost well, I don't want to say secondary. That's kind of dismissive, but it, it really does kind of live or die on the presence of, of the vocalist their kind of storytelling Absolutely. and how many questions they can answer with the name of the title exactly like you know you come in, you kind of wonder what if rod stewart had sang make, make each moment would make each moment be a classic you know uh wedding dance at, at every catering dj's set like oh we got to have the rod stewart make each moment you right know? <laughs> that's the it's not a wedding unless we make each moment just like he says in the song no, I could definitely hear it. There's that certainly would be right in there. You know who I was thinking? This would sound really nice by like Michael McDonald. He would be a good. He would be a good with this. So Craig Donaldson, if you're on the show and you want to get in touch with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just an open invitation. Really, if anybody hears this and wants to come on, let's make it happen. Why not? Yeah. All right. Um, any final thoughts? Should we move on? I think we're good. I mean, we're good? All right. I'm so, yeah, this third and final song is Step Into This Life by Mudok. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. The band, just some quick background information. This album was put out in 2006. The band is from the Netherlands, specifically Amsterdam. And they split up in 2010, saying that they had seven magnificent years together. So they are not around anymore. Um, if you go to something like their band camp, they say, if you'd like to know more about the band, contact the individual members and they list all their names. Um, but yeah, with that being said, why don't we give it a listen? We're gonna jump about 25 seconds into the song. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So the first thing that came to mind when I listened to this absolute first thing is I don't know about you guys, but I listened to a lot of Linkin Park as like a teen growing up. And I sent Robbie this right after listening to it. Uh, Minutes to Midnight, uh, the Linkin Park album is their third studio album has um, a song on this that I mean, 
the resemblance is uncanny in terms of stylistic um, decisions and the kind of sound they're going for. Uh, I think it's What I've Done is the song name. And so this song to me especially feels like a mashup between that and like, for some reason, I get a lot of Cheryl Crow and the um, vocalist voice mixed with this kind of Linkin Park sound, you know, for some reason, what did I say earlier that it had um, Soak Up the Sun vibes? And I'm not sure why I said that. I went back and listened to the song to try and place what I was hearing. All right. But it, it feels like this love child between these two kind of very different uh, different sounds. But uh, I'm going to open the floor here. Matt, what do you think? I mean, right now, what we've got going on with this kind of electric organ solo, I was cruising along with like Linkin Park, but now I've been very swiftly reminded that this is a band of European origin. So there's there's a little bit more of that like experimental kind of spirit that you get from European, any kind of pop music in general, I think. Um, I like the comparison to Linkin Park. This spot right now where we're hearing the chorus, I'm thinking more of the vocal stylings of uh, Evanescence a little bit. All right, oh, that, sure. that did occur to me too. What's that and, uh, wake me up inside, right? Yeah, yeah. There's kind of like parallel harmonies moving at the same kind of time. There's just something also about like the, like even right now, those background sound effects that again, it really reminds me of the, the, the time, like the genre of the time. The big thing for me is just like the, it's, it's got that just chugging along kind of thing with like the bass line. I noticed from the intro to, um, it took until one minute to get off of that tonic bass note and give a scale degree six in like the, the guitar, you know? Oh wow, I didn't catch that. But yeah, it does take a long time. Yeah, Robbie? Kind of, it's got that, what is that? The, the flat six, flat seven up to the, to the tonic there, which is like, uh, Especially, well, it's kind of like in Make Each Moment. That's the kind of chord progression where you're waiting for it the whole time, right? And especially, like you say, if you if you hang out so long on on the root there, then it's it really gets that sound in your ear. And so as soon as you hit the flat six, it's like, oh, I know what's coming next. I got it. And it's very kind of inevitable. Uh, I do like the, the... Let's actually... Can I hear a little bit of the very beginning? I know we skipped past it, but I do want to yeah. just draw attention real uh, quick. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed this out. So it, it starts... When Eric sent me this, I was like, what is this ambient kind of spoken word poem that Eric has sent to me? And it's like this for about a whole minute. 25 seconds. 25 yeah, seconds. Before, yeah, before they get into where we started. And then, yeah, this is about where we had started, right where the vocals come in. But up until that point, I was prepared for a different kind of oral, or oral experience. It's very incongruous with where the song goes. I totally agree. It's not what I expected at all when I first started listening. Matt? Yeah, the... Um... The hi-hat hits like right at 25 or 26 mark, or not a hi-hat, that sounds like a splash or a crash cymbal. And you're just kind of like suspended in this. It, we even mentioned we had a hard time telling if the, the meter was four. I could get it on this next listen through, but up until that, like that splash cymbal right at like 25, 26 mark, I, I 
the, the, the meter is pretty obscured. Robbie's right. You've got this kind of like the panning even that that high kind of like um, very electronic sounding effect right. is panning around and even the vocals are panning around a little bit. So the yep. suspense is building, you know, for something. That, yeah, That's true. It, just, it just goes on for so, so long. Well, well, I guess it felt like it feels like a long time or at least it, it when does I, feel when like a long time. time. Because, you know, you often get the moments of, of suspense in, in the song there, but it was just like, it went on long enough that I was like, is this going to be the whole thing? Like, <laughs> this whole, uh, and I think a lot of what, what occurs to me when we listen to it again, for, for getting the time, that, that oscillating kind of synth patch there, that's the kind of thing, yeah, well, it, at least on the keyboard I'm sitting at, you can hit it, and you just hold one single key, and it does that rhythm. And I think... Uh, what's making it so tricky for to get the time signature is it kind of makes a cross rhythm almost because it's constantly doing basically uh, I don't know if this is the correct theoretical sort of breakdown of it but it sounds to me like it's doing eighth notes one and two and three and four or sixteenth notes and then it's hitting the the and or the e uh, e uh, one e one e and on the and is what I mean to say and it's kind of hitting that every single time. And that's in the higher with the higher um, part of the synth, and that when it's combined with the, that four on the floor, or not four on the floor, but that four four kind of rhythm, if it keeps going at that steady pace, you start to hear, uh, you know, a different kind of meter on top of it almost, which is sort of, or at least that's the kind of the impression I got there at the beginning. It's that it's that it's a it's a patch, so it creates a hemiola that completely disregards what's going on around it. Right. I think that's that's what we're hearing, and that's what yeah it gives that. It's it's you don't have your feet flat on the ground yet, you know. I think that really this this song takes its time. It's almost five minutes. That's that's quite long for like a, a pop song by American standards. And if it takes twenty five minutes for us to get that first like solid boom kind of um, here's your crash symbol and here's a more solid outline of the four meter. And then it took a minute to get something that was not just the drone of the, the bass mm. to get that that flat six. I mean, it really does take its time kind of lowering you into the like experience of the song, you know? And then like you pointed out later, it's like a whole other song almost Well, with the organ solo a, a little. Right. It's not totally incongruous, but it's like it's certainly like it does a feel a little section. out of place. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least with the opening material, the album itself the the quality is pretty high i'd say they it sounds like they went to a studio and they laid this down um the mastering there's definitely been some mastering done and everything feels pretty tight the band itself was good and it's kind of a shame that um you know they're not around anymore that being said i don't know if either of you got a chance to listen to any other tracks on this album it's not all like this. Like the next song right after this, it, you know, it has some very clear jazz influences, much more experimental than this. Um, right, yeah, I did yeah, get a- very different feel. Yeah, I get, so it's, it's called 16, I think is the, is the track after it, this. Yeah, and that's, I think that's right. That's certainly, I think a departure from this particular track. I don't know if you would, if you listen just to both of those, I think you would be hard pressed to kind of define the genre, the genre of the band. Yeah. Eric, do we yeah. know how many how many albums did they they put out before before breaking up? Uh, give me a second. I will check on that right now. Let's go. 
so Mudak, I'm seeing three, at least three. No, two and a single. Huh? Or no, I'm sorry. It looks like looks like just the one. Um, but for some reason, they have a couple of singles that were listed in 2019 and 2016. But maybe it's by a different band. I'm not sure. Spotify's user interface leaves something to be desired. So for now, we're just going to say one. Yeah, I'm only seeing the one. I'll go to their band camp real quick. And sorry, what year was this album too? 2006. Um, and what I thought was interesting about that is that Lincoln um, Park album I compared it to was 2007. So this very much was a lot of sounds of the time are kind of in this track. Okay, no, they have some more. I'm looking at their discography now. They've got four albums, Super Sound, Step Into This Life, Too Big For My Boots, and Throwing The Plates. I like that third album title, but no, I think you're right. Definitely the sounds of the time. This is exactly what I kind of remember listening to, like we're hearing, you know, like in middle school, right? Yep, absolutely. Like That's what I was thinking. MP3 player kind of music. Like <laughs> this is a- uh, Original MP3 Get your Zune out. Uh, yeah, get no. your zoom out. Break the family computer with LimeWire, am I right? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, good God. old days. I was always too I, afraid to do I was too afraid wire. as well. Yeah, I could. My dad, my dad works in computers, so he would never let it happen. But it happened to my friend, so. Crazy time. Wild west of the internet. <laughs> yeah, so why don't we go to a quick wrap-up. I like this little segment that we're going to do where we kind of talk about why we think the albums have never been listened to or the tracks have never been listened to, how they got this kind of ghost album status on Spotify and uh, yeah, just why we think that happened. So why don't we, why don't you kick us off Robbie with um, Never Gonna Have a Real Career? Oh, I'd be happy to Eric. Uh, well, I think something also to keep in mind is just because it's never been played before or as far as we know on Spotify doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have you know its own listenership outside of this and especially absolutely for, for a lot of these smaller groups and indie groups it, a lot of the listening probably does come from Bandcamp or from maybe in the old days physical cds so i i don't know i think it's just something to keep in mind that for a lot of them i think especially maybe someone like oh that patrick probably does have some fan base that has listened to this album quite a lot because it's it's quite good i mean listening to the the parts uh that i've had the chance to hear it's very tightly produced uh as for why it's not been listened to before i think like matt pointed out it's it's the last track so you got a lot to get through to the end you gotta wade through the whole thing not that it's a chore or anything but i think that just a lot of especially for this uh size of artists the listens come from band camp or they come from live shows or things of that nature. Yeah, I was going to say live shows as well, because I would love to see this guy live. I feel like that would be like a great time. I'm sure he's got a great stage presence. Not sure how he would do the songs, probably just with a guitar, right? I mean, that's what I imagine Ben Folds would do too, right? Just his piano or his guitar. Right. But um, Eric, what did you what did you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree that you know, this guy definitely had some kind of listenership somewhere or still does. Um, but also it's probably a product of the time. You know, this was 2009, I think. I think I'm sorry. So. Yeah, I believe that's right. And, you know, Spotify 
wasn't quite there yet. Music streaming wasn't quite there yet. This is one of those albums that feels like it probably got added to all the streaming services uh, much, much later as an afterthought. And um, by that point, the audience, you know, like you said, they already had the disc or their own playlist or whatever. And it just never got added, you know, into anyone's rotation. And of course, music has a shelf life to blow up, you know, it's very rare that you find an old song that no one's ever heard and suddenly it's the next best thing, right? Until today. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, until today, maybe. I hope so, because I feel like this one deserves some attention. There's Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I really want like a real big fish ska cover of this song. It's it would work (laughs) so well. Like do you guys you guys remember the that hot two years when like ska was very popular for some reason? What a what a time that was. It's like when Swing was really popular during that one year in the 90s with Zoot Suit Riot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, a nice cover of this. There were some trombones some trumpets and saxophones in there. And like we, we would, I'd be having a great time if I was at a ska show and this song came on, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Matt, what do you think about Make Each Moment? So, yeah, Make Each Moment. I mean, this just... It's a power ballad. That's already a very niche kind of, that genre had its time. It had its time, it had it big. And this definitely, unfortunately came after the time. Um, there's a, it's a funny thing, you know, make each moment being a power ballad. That's a genre that had an expiration date in like the kind of the American pop culture, right? Like that was the cream of the crop for, for power ballads. It was like eighties and nineties, you know, mm-hmm. Titanic. And, um, something just as like a little tangent, that genre isn't dead in other places. The power ballad remains like the most popular, consistently like a chart topping genre in South Korea, actually. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it's closely tied to the, um, the, K-dr- the K-drama industry. Every K-drama has an original soundtrack, usually consisting of like a handful of, of like power ballads written for the show. Hmm. So in that way, there's like a symbiotic relationship where they keep each other alive. And I guess that just never, that never really happened in like the U.S. where the power ballad had like that staying power. And I think that's a real shame just because, you know, I love, I love a good power ballad. And Craig Donaldson, if, if you're out there, I hope you are. I, I am a huge fan of Make Each Moment. But yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Um, Eric, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I I don't think I can put it any better than you that, you know, the power ballad had its moment. And unfortunately, this, you know, was a decade or two, in some cases, late, you know. Um, and I don't know, it's hard to get traction that way. And then, of course, the album, once again, was around before Spotify was really a thing. So got at it later and all of that put together, you really, you don't have any kind of listenership on a streaming platform like Spotify. Robbie? There's a lot of, uh, I just get the impression that there's a lot of like soft rock, a lot of like adult rock, adult soft rock, which is kind of the the broader genre for for the whole album there. Uh, And uh, for this one, I think it, it makes, I didn't know that thing about uh, it being a chart topper still in South Korea, but I guess it makes sense with something like, if it's tied to something like the drama, right? Because then you get all these big uh, emotions tied to these uh, these powerful melodies. 
Uh, I don't know, Eric. Why don't we contact Craig Donaldson? See if we can get a show going. We'll call it. Yeah. We'll call it. We'll call it uh, Parkhouse Creations, and it's a <laughs> it's a drama, and it's got a uh, power ballad written by Craig Donaldson. Last, a last thought, um, just because Eric, you did you did bring me to to this, um, yeah, viewership or listenership. Again, this is, I think, mostly an audience that's off Spotify. Like yes. this, this reminds me of, do you guys remember in early 2000s when on the TV they would sell like the best of true love, like soft rock, you know, like those anthologies. They still do. And, now that's what I call music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of like, you know, something you could get on, on one of those. And like, I bet that people who still listen to this music have their CDs. They don't. They don't have their Spotify set up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably an older audience, for sure. Um, hoping to listen to a simpler time. Aren't we all? Um, okay. These, <laughs> yeah, trying, right? these are yeah. trying times, Eric. <laughs> these and are these, trying times. These are trying times of today. Uh, Eric, why don't you step into this life right this way for me? Step into this <laughs> oh, nice segue. Nice segue. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I think this one's kind of obvious in that the, um, the band isn't around anymore and they split Rest up in peace. Yeah, in 2010, which is definitely before most bands were getting into the online kind of service. Uh, I'd be curious to know when this kind of got added. I think we've talked about this before, but um, a lot of services that will host that like would originally put your album up on iTunes. I'm sure this was an album that was up on iTunes, like when iTunes was still the predominant way to buy or consume your music online. A lot of these companies that would host or get your album up there eventually turn to also getting your albums up on Spotify and Apple Music and SoundCloud and whatever, you know, I don't even know how many title, what are the different ones? There's, a, there's so many streaming platforms now, but you know, one company will do all of this stuff for you. And I'm sure at a certain point, it just became automated and this album got thrown up on Spotify. Um, so it's, it's kind of a shame. And I'm a little surprised that there isn't like, you know, some people listening to it because the music's not that old. It was definitely geared towards a younger audience and still wouldn't be that old. Um, that there's no, you know, viewership, listenership, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Robbie? I, I, I will say if we ever get to a point where uh, clubs open again and you want to like throw out a real left hook, like a real out-of-nowhere zinger for him, you could throw out a little step into my life. People oh, that would totally to work. That would totally work. Especially with that, just that, that consistent, steady drone of that, like, that, that bass line that we heard for the first full minute of the song. That actually makes me think of some of, like, those, those club kind of scenes from uh, The Matrix. Oh, yes, the pounding rave music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, that's that's pretty much all, all I have to say about this track, too, is, you know, I wonder, like, how much that we compared it to the American genre with Linkin Park. 
how how much of that genre caught on really in in Europe? Like, what was what was the scene like? I kind of wonder in Europe. You know, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Maybe too uh, too niche over there. But why don't we go uh, to our outro? Maybe if we're all done talking about uh, these songs, what do you think, fellas? Yeah, I think so. So what are we listening to? Stuff that we just, you know, happen to be vibing to these days. Um, and Eric, why don't, why don't you tell us? What do you, what do you got on repeat these days? Okay, so lately um, I've been listening to a collection of solo clarinet pieces. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> clarinet music? What a surprise. I never saw it coming. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. You could see, you could see, he could see as soon as Eric started. I was. I thought like, he. I thought he wasn't going to say it. I thought it was going to be, you know, something, something else. But no. Oh, he made my moment. I'm crying. Right there. I'm crying. Uh, I, um, yeah, it's called the homages. It's by Bella, Bella Kovac. Uh, really, really interesting works. Uh, that basically. They're all solo works, so no piano, nothing, um, just the clarinet alone. And he writes in the style of different composers. So you've got some for like uh, Kodai and Bach and Bartok and um, Defia and um, so a, a whole bunch of Debussy. And there, there are a few others, Paganini. But it's basically like, what would Paganini or what would Debussy have written if he had written a solo clarinet work and they're very well done um, very entertaining on top of that I've also I'm a big audiobook guy too um, so I've been listening to The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan I'm eight books in so I'm a little over halfway <laughs> only 400 <laughs> more to go yeah it's I mean prolific writer and he unfortunately died before um he could finish the series and then um sanderson took over brandon sanderson took over after that but i'm looking i'm not looking forward but i'm curious to see how the writing changes and if i feel like there's kind of a tone difference between the two writers when i get to that point i think i'm two or three books away anyway enough about that uh robbie what have you been listening to do you week? guys know about 100 gets no. About what? Have, Say you it again? Not, have you guys heard about 100 Gex, Eric? Do you know 100 Gex? No, I don't know what that is. You don't know 100 Gex? Well, 100 Gex. Gosh, where do you even start with 100 Gex? When I first listened to them, I was like, I don't know if I like this very much. But now I think <laughs> it might be the only good music is 100 Gex. <laughs> <laughs> On further thought, Turns out, it's all 100 Gex. 100 years, 100 Gex, is what I say. It would be no... Okay. It's of no use to me to try to describe the, these Gex to you. You'll have to listen yourself. This is a band, or, like, this what are we... This is a band, a duo. 100 Gex. Okay. That's a nice 180 from, I don't know if I like this very much. <laughs> but, um... I had a little, a little, actually very just funny thing, Eric. I actually know the name of the person who you said uh, took over the writing for that, the Sanderson guy. Yeah. I, I've, I like watching a lot of um, writing critique 
like video essays and there's one guy that I watch, he cites Sanderson a lot because Sanderson wrote basically rules on writing fiction, like how you world build according yep. to soft magic and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sure he'll do a great job uh, continuing the series. That sounds like he's in good hands. But yeah. uh, what I've been listening to, um, nothing very, very serious. I've been, I'm like getting really into this uh, RPG. I'm kind of late to the game. Uh, Octopath Traveler. It has an amazing soundtrack with some really cool, like really cool sound design stuff and live orchestra performing all the music, especially if you're someone who played some of those older RPGs, like the classic Final Fantasies, you'll really like the, the game and the music. But um, outside of that, I have been listening to a lot of BTS's new release. They they graced their international fans with an all English song out of nowhere. And it's it's a good bop. It's a good summer bop. If you want to listen to Dynamite by BTS, highly recommend it. Alrighty. All right. So that does it for episode one. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, Drop Haystack. And you can also follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Drop the Needle in the Haystack. Uh, also, if you enjoy the show, we would appreciate you uh, subscribing and leaving a review wherever you find it. And uh, tune in next time for more fun.